Sovereign Grace Chapel, located at 135 Annabelle Lane in Beaver, West Virginia, invites you to listen to a gospel message concerning Jesus Christ our Lord. to follow along, I'm going to be in 2 Timothy, chapter 1, and I want to begin reading in verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And I'm just going to stop right there. Um, I was reminded of this quote when I was doing this message. Uh, the Old Testament is the New Testament, concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament, revealed. Now, I thought Earl said that. He did. He did say it. But it turns out the quote is attributed to Augustine. And I'm going to tell you this. That's a true statement. That's a true statement. Because our Lord Jesus Christ himself said that very thing. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, quote it here. Well, my little kitty bookmark's coming apart. There. I stole those from Debbie. Uh, in Luke 24 and verse 44, you don't have to turn there. These are the words of Christ. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms, concerning me. Then, then he opened, opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are 
witnesses of these things. And we are witnesses of these things through his word. You understand, the New Testament is not only the Old Testament revealed, the New Testament is the Old Testament fulfilled. Fulfilled. Oh, I like that. Not all of it. There's still prophecies yet to come, but everything prophesied in the Old Testament concerning his first coming, he fulfilled. Amen. He fulfilled. Everything. His life, sinless life, his sacrificial substitutionary death, his resurrection and ascension are all made known in the New Testament and all fulfilled from the Old Testament. And there's more to come. There's more to come. But here in uh, 2 Timothy, Paul makes a grand and gracious statement of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just going to begin in verse 1. Who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now, let me say first thing, I'm not going to keep you too long, but let me say this in passing before I get to where I'm headed. Paul did not write this out of order. He wrote it in the exact order he meant it. Jesus Christ, God himself, manifest in the flesh, hath saved us and called us. Now he is writing to Timothy, a believer. He is writing about all believers. These are those that have been brought out and he brought to himself. They are believers. They have been saved. And then they've been called. And that's the order. No matter what anyone says, he saved us and he called us. Now, what's the big deal about that? It shouldn't be one. Because you understand, nobody has a problem Okay, think about this. Nobody has a problem with Enoch or Noah or Moses or Joshua or Job or Samuel or David or Isaiah being saved before Christ died, before he actually came, but they were saved. They were saved. They don't have a problem with that. They were saved before Jesus Christ died on the cross rose again from the dead and offered that perfect sacrifice and offering to the Father. Oh, he purchased us 2,000 years ago. They were looking forward to that same event. And yes, they were saved. And yes, we are saved the exact same way. He saved us and he called us. I like that. Then Paul tells us this wonderful statement. Think about this. What? His own, what? Let me, let me read it. But according to his own purpose and grace. Now, everybody likes purpose. Everybody likes grace. But look at the rest of it. Which was given us, given us, before the world began. What's that mean? If you've got a problem with the election of grace happening before the foundation of the world, it's your problem. 
It's not the problem of the scripture. The scripture is always clear. It's men that have the problem. Now, people don't like it. People don't want it. And that's their problem. But me, I happen to love it. I do. <laughs> Why? Because it's his election. It's his purpose. It's his grace. And it's his love wherein he chose us before the world began. And matter of fact, his purpose and grace were given to us before we ever existed. Oh, what's that mean? He's the guarantee that it's going to happen. He's the surety. He's the surety. If he's given you grace before the world began, he's going to give it to you in time. Why? Who has saved us? And called us. Oh, with a holy calling. And listen, folks, the reason it's a holy calling is because he that calls is holy. It's not you, it's him. Oh, I have a holy call. No, you were called with a holy calling. Yes, he is holy. Yes, he is holy. And it is his holy calling in time. In time. Oh, I like that. I do. Now, verse 10, all of this is now made manifest. And that's what it says. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who's abolished death. None of Jesus Christ's people are going to die. Not the way the unbeliever dies. You're going to leave this mortal coil, as they say. You want to wax poetic. You're going to leave this earth. You're going to die. This body may go in the ground. If Christ doesn't come first, that's what's going to happen to all of us. Oh, but precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Oh, I like this. But this is made manifest, made known by Jesus Christ through his gospel. That's what it tells us. He's abolished death and he's brought life and immortality. Both are in him. Okay? That's, you know, if it's in you, it's because it's in him. He brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's the good news. That's the good news. There is life, eternal life, everlasting life, and there is immortality in Jesus Christ. Oh, and that's his gospel. That's his gospel. Because understand, right now, also, his saving and his calling is made known unto us through his gospel. Yeah. It's being made known unto us. Salvation by Jesus Christ is now made known and is to be proclaimed, declared, and preached wherever his people are gathered. Oh, I like that. He has saved us and he's called us and he's calling his people to himself right now. Paul's talking and wrote to these who believe. But there are those now, today, that don't believe, but they may believe tomorrow. His calling's not done. Oh, I like that. Ephesians 1.13 put it this way, In whom ye also trusted after that, what? Ye heard the word of truth. I love this statement. I remember when Tim James pointed this out a long time ago. The gospel of your salvation. 
You understand? It's not the gospel of your salvation until you've heard the word of truth. Personally. Personally. It's not the gospel. What it says, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed. What? With that Holy Spirit of promise. Oh, I like that. And yes, that's what it says. After you believe, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And that's the only qualifications that Paul gives us. Anybody wants to add something to it, like a second work of grace, as they call it, or whatever, read the scripture and believe it. Read Ephesians 1 and 13. Because here's the point, and this is my title, Paul. This is my point today. He is able. He is able. Because that's how all of this Light and immortality just brought to light through the gospel. But life, light, and immortality given by the Lord Jesus Christ, who has saved us and called us. And all of that is because he is able. That's verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded, what? That he is able, he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Now, where he says, for this cause I also suffer. He says in this, in this scripture I read, I'm a prisoner. This is when Paul was in jail at Rome. He's writing this letter to Timothy. He says, I suffer. Nevertheless, I like that word, nevertheless. Whatever's going on. I like it nevertheless. I'm not ashamed. I suffer. I'm not ashamed. Nevertheless, I like that word, I do. I know whom I believed. Oh, now this is not because Paul was so holy or so good. I'm not ashamed because I know him whom I believe. I know him, Jesus Christ the righteous. I know him, what? That saved me and called me by his grace. By his purpose and grace that he gave me before the world began. That's the one Paul knows. That's the one I want to know. I know, and this is the beauty of it, I know he's able. I know he's able. Oh, I like that. My salvation well, first, my calling before that, my salvation, my calling, my believing, all of it is because he is able. Oh, I like that. That's a good thought. He is able. My salvation, the gospel of your salvation is a person. I know whom I believe. I know whom I have believed. John Gill wrote this, and I like this part. A spiritual knowledge of Christ is necessary to faith in him. An unknown Christ cannot be the object of faith. That's what Romans 10 says. An unknown Christ cannot be the object of faith. Although here, though an unseen Christ, as to bodily sight, may be 
and is in believers. Knowledge and faith go together, and they both come from him. They that truly know Christ believe in him, and the more they know him, the more strongly they do believe in him, in him. I like that. Paul knew that by divine revelation. You understand, Paul was called. Jesus Christ appeared to Paul on the, on the road to Damascus and knocked him in the dust. And Paul said, and well, I'm sorry, Jesus said to Paul, or Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And here is the one in the dust, Saul of Tarsus at that time, in the dust, just got knocked down into the dirt. And he says, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. And you know what Paul said? He said, uh-oh. That's what he said. Uh-oh. I'm betting he's thinking like Isaiah. I'm a man of unclean lips. Oh, my. Yeah. But that's all right. Jesus got him up, blinded him, but got him up and got him somebody to guide him into where he needed to be. Ah, uh, my calling was not exactly like that, but in some ways it was exactly like that. To where it came to me in, inside. I didn't care who Jesus Christ was. I really didn't. But one day I started. And at first, I didn't know why. I do now because I know whom I believe. But you understand, and I, and I do understand what, what Rolf Barnard used to say, it. if my voice is the only voice you hear, nothing of any eternal value is going to be determined today. You have to hear the voice of the great shepherd of the sheep, the good shepherd, and him you'll follow. Those that hear, they follow. Oh, I like that. Uh, but here it is. Paul knew him by divine revelation and was called by Jesus Christ himself, and so is every believer. Because here it is. Every believer, true believer, has been, is born of God. Born again, born from above. We hear him and we believe him. In his scripture and in his gospel, both. And I can tell you this, the more I know him, the more I am not ashamed to know him. The more I know him, the more I love his gospel. Because here it is. I want to say this and I want you to be able to say this. I want you to say this. I know whom I have believed. And. He is able. He is able. He is able. Here it is, because here's my point. I'm not able. Now, here's your point. You're not able either, but he is. He is able. Oh, I like that. Paul the apostle wasn't able, but he is able. Jesus Christ is able. The one I know, the one whom I have believed, has accomplished everything for my salvation. He has accomplished everything for the salvation of every one of his people. He is able. Oh, because the one I know 
is my salvation. He is my salvation. And I want to tell you what he has done to show forth that he is able. Showing forth, showing to us his ability to save. And I'm going to do that from the Old Testament. Now this is a great and gracious, glorious Old Testament verse. It's in Daniel chapter 9. Because this Old Testament passage prophesied what our Lord Jesus Christ came to do. And we're going to tell you today that this is what Jesus Christ did. Just exactly as it was prophesied. <clears throat> Daniel chapter 9 verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Now, I'm not going to go into the seventy weeks. Some people have done that, and I'm not going to do any math today, but it is talking about 70 times 7 is 490, and it's talking about years, and you can add it up and all that stuff. I'm not, that's not my point today. But it's still true. And is the context. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Right? 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. What? To finish the transgression. And. Not done yet. Make an end of sins. Still not done. And to make reconciliation for iniquity. Now you understand, we've got what? Transgression. We've got sins. And we've got iniquity. Folks, that's everything. That's everything. There's nothing left out bad that doesn't fit in one of those three categories, if not two of the three or three of the three. You understand? He's done, he says, to finish the transgression and, and make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I'm going to tell you something. That is what we need. Because we have transgressions. We have sins, and we have, we are iniquity. Oh, my. These are the words of the angel Gabriel in verse 21, it tells you, to Daniel, interpreting the vision, because it was given to Daniel to understand this matter and consider this vision. And that's what we're doing here today. I don't have to interpret the vision. I got one. <laughs> There's one right here. Oh, I like that. This is what the angel told Daniel of what the Messiah would do when he came. And he was coming. He was coming. This is all future tense here. This is all looking forward. It's a prophecy. First thing, like I said, to finish the transgression and make an end of sins and make reconciliation for iniquity. Oh, my. From our viewpoint... This is what Christ has done. He did it 2,000 years ago. He's done it. It's done. The great transaction's done. What? He has saved us, and he has called us. This is the saved part. This is the saved part. The end of transgressions, the end of sins, and the end of iniquity. And I need all of that, and you know what? He is able. He is able. Oh, I like that. 
And he did it. I like that even better. He did it. He did it. He took away all my sins, transgressions, and iniquities. And I'm blessed. I am blessed. Psalms 32 and verses 1 and 2 says this. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. And whose sin is covered. And verse 2 says this, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. Oh, and whose spirit there is no guile. You understand what we have there? Transgression, sin, and iniquity. And if you don't have a blessed, are you? You know what? You're blessed of God. You've been blessed by Jesus Christ because he is able to, what? Forgive transgression. To cover your sins and not impute your iniquity unto you. Oh, I like that. David wrote it in Psalm 32. Paul quoted it in Romans, what, 4, verses 7 and 8. Oh, blessed is that man. Why? Because Jesus Christ is able. He is able. He is able. And there's more. Because I understand now, transgressions being gone, sins being gone, and iniquity being gone, that's good. That's very, very good. And it's necessary and it's needful, but that's not all. That's not all. Matter of fact, if I can say it this way, and please bear with me, I'll explain it if you have a problem with it, that's not enough. It's not enough. Oh, what do you mean? Well, I want you to comprehend this. Kind of lay a hold of it if you can. Being sinless is not enough. Now, that sounds like a very strange thing to say. But I, I, I do have a point here. I really do. You understand, the Lord Jesus Christ did not stop with removing our sins, iniquities, and transgressions. He did not. You know, people have this funny idea, and I know where they get it from. They get it from their parents, and they get it from preachers. You know, if I could just stop doing something, sinning, if I could stop going to the movies or drinking beer, or if I could stop going to the beer, things would be okay. If I could stop sinning, things would be okay. It's not enough, folks. It's not enough. And it never has been. Never has been. No. Oh, my. Refraining from evil. I don't I do want to be clear about this. Refraining from evil is good. It is very good, okay? And I wish I could. But it's this. It's not enough. And Jesus Christ did not stop with that. Yes. Yes. He did make what? An end to transgression, an end to sins, and an end to iniquity. But look at that little conjunction here. Where it says, to finish the transgression and to make end of sins. And to make reconciliation for iniquity, there it is, and, 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 what's that mean? All of these go together. Yes. You gotta have it all, folks. You gotta have it all. But he's able to give it to you. He's able to give it all to you. But what is it? And after transgressions gone, sins gone, iniquity gone, and to bring in here everlasting righteousness. That's what I need. Yeah.